We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app it's been two and a half years since covid surfaced and the virus is once again running rampant the highly transmissible ba5 subvariant is behind a surge of new infections in the u.s and for many these cases are reinfections. People who got infected in January, February, March, they're getting reinfected at very, very high rates. We are seeing people who are vaccinated and boosted uh, also have breakthrough infections. The World Health Organization says the COVID-19 pandemic is still a public health emergency of international concern. Cities including New York and San Francisco are seeing a rise in BA5 cases. A blunt message from the White House to all Americans over 50. If you have not gotten a vaccine shot in the year 2022, Go get one now. It could save your life. Case counts are soaring, but a reduction in PCR testing is making the data unreliable. We don't really know the uh, the number of positive cases on any given day because so many people are just doing home testing. So we have an inkling, and the inkling is showing us uh, that it's a very increasingly prevalent problem. The surge is being driven by two new highly infectious Omicron variants. The new variants now, uh, BA4 and BA5, are of particular concern because they, they're they literally, to use the cliche, rapid fire, uh, you know, replication, spreading, contagiousness. BA4 and BA5 now account for three of every four cases in New York City. This week on 880 In-Depth, another wave of coronavirus infections. What's causing it? How can we protect ourselves? And what does the future look like? Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Michael Wallace. The numbers aren't as staggering as they were in January, but public officials are concerned. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. We're not out of the woods. It's still here and it's still uh, impacting our lives. And so we have to take the proper steps. Uh, the new variants, we are seeing higher rates of community transmission and as well as reinfection. Um, you know, people I know who have had COVID are reinfected. Uh, but because of the tools we have available, we're able to combat this. Uh, we're not seeing the, the, the level of fatalities that we've witnessed when we did not have those tools. New York State had just 6,100 daily positive test results. That's a fraction of the 90,000 we saw at the start of the year. But it's 10 times more than we had a year ago, and there was more testing then. Hospitalizations are more reliable because people you know, get diagnosed and the data gets collected and we, we can track that relatively easily. So let's look at the state's hospital patient count. With vaccines, boosters, and antivirals readily available, you'd think the numbers would be going down. But there's been a steady uptick to about 2,400 COVID patients. 
That's seven times more than we had a year ago. As for vaccinations, Governor Kathy Hochul knows the state can do better. We know what to do. Vaccinations and about 78% of New Yorkers are of the total population eligible are fully vaccinated. Uh, always can do more on the booster front. What is your excuse? They're available. 53% uh, of New Yorkers have been totally boosted. Uh, so we've made real efforts. We've made real progress. State Health Commissioner Dr. Mary Bassett is urging people to get up to date. We need people to get vaccinated. Anybody who is over the age of five uh, should receive three vaccines, the primary course and a booster. Anyone who's over 50 should receive four, the primary course and two boosters. And we now have approval for the littlest kids, uh, six months and older. Uh, whose number of shots will vary with the type of formulation. So we've done really well as a state. We have over three quarters of the population fully vaccinated, but we need, we still have further to go. And it's this that in spite of rising numbers of infections related to increasingly contagious variants, mortality has remained low. And that is a key public health goal. Uh, to save lives, and vaccination is clearly the pathway uh, to that. Some people are waiting for the fall or an Omicron-specific vaccine. I don't think people should wait, and the reason they shouldn't wait is because four and especially five are spreading so rapidly that you might get sick waiting for it. And only people over 50 or those with certain medical conditions can get a fourth shot. In my opinion, Everybody should be eligible for two boosters. Young people, older people, at-risk people, etc. Health officials are once again urging people to wear masks inside. But Mayor Adams hasn't always set a good example. WCBS reporter Steve Burns asked him about it. Late last week, your health department recommended masking indoors. And since then, you've had several indoor events where you yourself haven't been masked. What message does that send to New Yorkers? Uh, that I, I have to do better, like everyone has to do better. You know, I'm perfectly imperfect. I must have said that a hundred times. And my uh, medical, uh, my uh, Department of Health commissioner, we talked about it today. He says, you know, let's, you know, told the whole staff on the, on the call, let's continue to mask indoors. And some days we forget, we got to get it right. To dig into the details about where things stand, we thought we'd check back in with Dr. Erwin Redlener. He's been one of our go-to medical experts since the start of the pandemic. He's a longtime public health expert who wears many hats. Among his titles, director of the Pandemic Resource and Response Initiative at Columbia. He sat down with WCBS reporter Peter Haskell to talk about this latest wave. The new variants now, uh, BA4 and BA5, are of particular concern because they, they're literally, to use the cliche, rapid fire. Uh, you know, replication, spreading, contagiousness. And that is why we're seeing a huge increase, increase in the number of cases over what we were seeing on a daily basis not too many months ago. Um, on the other hand, we don't really know the, uh, the number of positive cases on any given day because so many people are just doing home testing. So we have an inkling, and the inkling is showing us uh, that it's a very increasingly prevalent problem. And people are saying now that it's probably everybody at one point or another is going to get uh, a COVID infection. And the bigger question is, are we being protected? Can we be protected, not just from getting the infection, but from getting very sick or not surviving a bout of COVID? And this is where the vaccines come in. 
and we'll talk about how uh, the vaccines work and what they should be expected to do and what they can't be expected to do. Back at the beginning, we heard, okay, if you get COVID, you likely won't get it again. You'll be immune. What is the likelihood of that now with PA4 and BA5? And how quickly can somebody be reinfected? That is a question in motion. Uh, we just, this is one of the many, many mysteries where people have made statements early on. It turns out to be uh, kind of proven untrue by facts and what's happening going forward. So at one point we did feel that the, really the debate was, would you be more likely to be fully protected from having had the disease or getting vaccinated. And now all bets are off about even that because the immune response and the immune protection from the vaccines or from the disease seems to be also evolving. And it's not the same as it was because these new variants come along and they have different characteristics. Um, and it's still an open question. This is very disconcerting to people, including, by the way, to doctors. Because people ask exactly those questions. I had the disease, you know, three months ago. Am I now protected from getting it again? And unfortunately, the answer is uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because BA5 may turn out to be able to, in some people, get around the immunity that is created by either the vaccine or uh, having had the disease. The good news is that the vaccinations, which, by the way, uh, I mean four shots minimum, two original in the primary series and two boosters. If you've had that, then I would be pretty comfortable saying you may get this disease again. I would say even you probably will get the disease again, but it'll be a relatively mild form, most likely. And the chance of you being hospitalized or dying from it, if you've been fully vaccinated, fully again, four shots, uh, those chances are very minimal compared to a non-vaccinated person. Whether that non-vaccinated person has had the disease or has not had the disease, uh, that person's chance of dying uh, if they get one of these new strains is much, much higher than it is for a fully vaccinated person. So a couple of things. There are questions about when folks under 50 will be eligible for the fourth shot shouldn't they be eligible for that now? And the second question some people have is, do I get the fourth shot now? Do I wait till the fall or the winter when there's uh, an Omicron-specific vaccine? What's your thought on those things? So first of all, in my opinion, everybody should be eligible for two boosters. Young people, older people, at-risk people, etc. I think we should not even talk about somebody being fully vaccinated unless they've had all four shots, and the sooner the better. So that's where I stand. And so when the government will decide to give approval for that kind of uh, course of vaccinations, uh, you know, who knows? The other question, which is really, uh, it's an important um, issue in development right now, right now is an Omicron specific vaccine that is taking uh, a couple of different elements, combining them in a shot that will presumably be much more likely 
to uh, protect you from uh, Omicron 4 or 5, and presumably any new variants that come down the pike. I don't think people should wait. And the reason they shouldn't wait is because 4 and especially 5 are spreading so rapidly that you might get sick waiting for it. Now, I, I also would not say that it's uh, impossible that you'll be, it'll be recommended to get a fifth shot with this new specific thing. But for those who are listening to this discussion, get the fourth shot. Don't wait. And, first of, and the other thing is, of course, we don't know exactly when that uh, fourth shot, I mean, that fifth shot uh, or the, the new variant uh, responsive shot, when that will be available. We don't know. Maybe it'll be September. Maybe it'll be November. Maybe there'll be some hitches in the in the, the test results that they're are going to be running on it, and I don't think it's worth waiting for. We should add that a new vaccine has been added to the mix. Dr. David Agus is a CBS News medical contributor. The FDA has finally given the green light for the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine. Novavax was one of the first companies that was given over a billion and a half dollars in government support to make this vaccine, and now, obviously, long time after Pfizer and Moderna have their vaccine approved. It had been reviewed, but they were awaiting manufacturing uh, quality assurance by the FDA, and this has come through. So this vaccine will be available to the American people as soon as the CDC signs off. Let's get back to Dr. Erwin Redlener on how we should assess and manage our risk in this current environment. I would say in the purest form, we still have to be careful, even though we're sort of completely tired of of the pandemic and COVID. I think that the, the wise thing to do is get all the shots as soon as possible, to wear a mask indoors, to avoid these crowded settings of uh, where there's multi- many people in, in a relatively small room. So what's a small room? Well, I, I don't know. This is like you'll know as much as I will about this. So uh, I went to a political reception a year ago, and it was in a restaurant upstairs in a private room. It was packed absolutely packed I, I was i was amazed how stupid that was you know we have all these things that we call super spreader events where we have too many people too many people without masks even with masks in a small room where the air is not circulating well it's not particularly safe i'm sorry i was at that thing i didn't get sick from that but i got sick from something else eventually so yeah we have to we have to try to avoid getting so Uh, impatient with where this is going that we start acting more foolishly. I think that's the the trick here. It's interesting. Broadway was the last holdout, and it pulled its mask mandates as of July 1st. Should theaters, should businesses be thinking about putting in their own mask mandates again? Well, if I was the owner of a theater... I would request that everybody in the theater wear a mask. Request or require? Me personally, require. You know, the request thing, which is leaving it up to people, means that a lot of people won't be wearing a mask. People have had it with the pandemic, and they're not going to, they don't want to sit there for two and a half hours with with a mask on. And I understand that, but if I feel like I have some responsibility for all the attendees of the play in my theater, I would feel the moral thing to do, the ethical thing to do is require the the mandates. Uh, You know, the other question is, do you, do you, you, 
the thing to which re require the mask. The other thing is, do you require proof of vaccination, which we were doing for a while in restaurants and other places? I mean, I would do that too, but that's a, a, an unbearably complicated thing. Well, and one of the reasons being, of course, is that if you say you are required to have two shots, which is what we used to mean by fully vaccinated, that's not even good enough. Really, medically, public health-wise, you'd say four shots. And trying to enforce that is basically virtually impossible. So I think an alternative is to say, well, you can't come in the theater here unless you are wearing a mask. I think that's, I mean, I, it, it, you could make uh, a case for saying at least have your first two shots, but that would also be difficult to enforce now. Talk about the fact that case count numbers really don't mean anything. We don't know how many people have COVID. What's an appropriate benchmark now? If it's not a case count or percentage, is it hospitalizations? hospitalizations. Is it ICUs? Is it deaths? It's, it's just hospitalizations right now. And that's considered a formal way of assessing how bad things are. Now, if you if we had the measured case count at a certain number in January, and now it's twice that, let's say, that's an indicator, even though it could be way more than that because of what we talked about, which is that you don't really know how many people are testing at home. Hospitalizations are more reliable because people you know, get diagnosed and the data gets collected and we, we can track that relatively easily. So it's, it's uh, hospitalizations. You could also say it's fatalities from COVID. Um, and, you know, that certainly is a good indicator also. But in terms of a formal indicator of the prevalence of the disease in any given moment, I like hospitalizations, and most of us do in the field. There was a time that public officials every day were talking about get a booster, get a shot, wear a mask. Even in New York City and New York State, we don't hear that very often. Based on where we stand now, should public officials be more vocal and should the city and state be trying to get more people boosted because those numbers are pretty low? Well, the right answer is they should be actively promoting, but it's politically toxic. and. As we were talking about it, you know, even if it's, if they're not saying it's mandated, uh, it doesn't matter. The implication is, oh, that politician is pushing mass again. And I think there's a low level of tolerance for that. Even among relatively progressive people, it's like, oh, Monk, enough already with this. And, um, and I don't think that uh, people that are running for office and have their elections anytime soon are going to want to be talking about it. They, they want it to go away. So let's talk about our expectations going forward. Summer, typically we think people are outside, we're not as worried. What do you expect this fall and this winter? And do, should we expect another variant or two? I think we have to be very concerned about what's coming down the pike here. And I think that in the the end of the summer and the fall into the winter, we could be seeing a very significant surge. And I don't mean just of cases, I mean hospitalizations and fatalities. Uh, 
we don't really know what the final verdict is going to be on how well the vaccines really do uh, protect us from the variant complications. The ones we have now, the 4 and 5, BA4 and BA5, but what about other ones that may be uh, kind of brewing, germinating somewhere else in the world that, that may suddenly find themselves as, find itself as an issue here in the U.S.? The low booster rate is concerning to Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine. He'd like to see the city reinstate incentives to give the effort a shot in the arm. Well, we had a $100 bonus for vaccination that was uh, basically the program expired in late February 28th. I would like to see the return to, the, who, to that bonus, a return to a $100 bonus for vaccination, including boosters, partly because of the message that it sends, because of the attention that it will get. And there are people on the margin who, yeah, they're open to getting a booster. They just haven't gotten around to it because uh, they haven't had a chance to, to schedule it or take time out of their day. But with the $100 bonus, okay, that'll be the little push they need. And relative to the benefit to the city of having a much higher booster rate, the cost is really modest. So I do think that that would be a good move to make at this time. We'll close things out with Dr. Redliner. We've been talking about this and dealing with this for two and a half years. So two questions. What have we learned? And maybe the better question is, what should we have learned that we haven't learned yet? Peter, you ask hard questions, but that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm supposed to answer and uh, so what have we learned we've learned that the combination of politics and public health is a very terrible reality that's become more of a problem lately over these last few years than it ever was before in my memory and we should do anything we can possibly do to be clear-minded about what what the goal of guidelines is and the goal of guidelines is to keep people healthy and alive and we have to do and I don't care what political point of view you represent we have to do everything possible to keep politics out of the discussion second thing we learned is that sometimes the answers to a, a public health complicated challenge are not forthcoming immediately we're into an unknown zone of a constantly changing set of realities things we thought were true uh, two years ago one and a half years ago uh, turn out not to be true and we have to be patient with science it's not about coming up necessarily with a definitive single answer one time when we're done in this kind of situation it's a question of allowing time to pass and i'm not saying that if we um happen to mandate uh, masks or vaccines or anything else right now, that that would solve the problem immediately either. So science, politicians, and the public have to be patient. But we have to also be able to have trusted messengers that we, that we listen to, and which is the opposite of learning from social media, from your next-door neighbor. Um, and I think one of the things that we're very fortunate about in the U.S., is an extremely competent, probably the world's most competent uh, leaders in public health, you know, bar none. It's, and I think 
has CDC made statements that they regretted? Have they made recommendations that uh, turned out not to be exactly right? They have, but they're a human institution dealing with extremely variable science here. And I think we have to be patient with them. But if you go outside of legitimate science, major academic institutions or the CDC or the state or city health departments, you're playing with fire. You, you are asking for trouble in the sense that the likelihood of getting absolute misinformation, absolute BS that will steer you in the wrong direction is very high. And again, I want to emphasize that I'm not saying that the public health institutions and the academic research are perfect, infallible. They're not. But it's the best we have. Erwin, thanks so much for your time. Of course. Thank you. COVID might be around forever, but it didn't have to be this way. Some experts say if more people had gotten vaccinated in the early going, the virus might have died out rather than replicating and spawning new variants. That's it for 880 In-Depth this week. The executive producers are Tim Scheld and Peter Haskell. Thanks to our guest, Dr. Erwin Redlener, for once again sharing his insights with us. 880 In-Depth gives us a chance to focus on an important issue in our community. We've talked about COVID regularly and will continue to do so. You can find us at WCBS880.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your audio. And please subscribe. I'm Michael Wallace. Thanks for listening and be safe. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.